It's the second week of Advent, and I've been thinking about making pathways straight. You know, raising up the valleys and making hills low. Of course, that means that we have to straighten our ways, straighten up and fly right, get our act together, clean house, get ready for the Christ to come. For John the Baptist, that had to do with repentance. And that's all good. But I can't stop thinking about those mountains and valleys that are part of all our lives. And how sometimes we come across a mountain that is so unsurpassable or a valley that is so deep and we are not prepared for those storms in our life. A cancer diagnosis, a loss of a job or the death of a loved one. But we need to prepare for these. We prepare practically. We get insurance, we pay our bills on time, we try to live within our means. But we also have to prepare spiritually because it is often in the midst of these storms that Jesus comes. It's easy to prepare for Christmas when we think of a cute baby being born. But our Messiah was born in the midst of crisis, of a cruel Roman military occupation, an inconvenient and patronizing census, a teenage unplanned pregnancy, a terrible massacre of infant boys, and having to flee into another country as refugees. And so, this Advent season, I invite you to prepare in a different way. Will you be ready to recognize Christ when he comes? I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is Salt and Light Radio. Hello, and welcome to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. Today, Sister Marie Paul returns to review two films, and that's going to be in about 20 minutes. And Andrew Santos will introduce us to the Saint of the Week, and of course, Sheridan will bring us up to date with what's happening in dioceses across the country. And Krista Matrenko is sitting right here with me. Hi, Pedro. So what's in the headlines? Well, we're going to be talking about the Pope's advice for av Advent. Uh, he also has a new message about climate change as well. And also there's good news and bad news for relations between the Catholic Church and China. Good. So details of those stories are coming very, very soon. Now, Chris, in our second half hour, we're going to be speaking with Dorothy Polarski, who I believe you know. Um, she, has a new, yes. mm -hmm. she has a new book called Motherhood Matters. Now, I was going to say there's a book for moms and you shouldn't worry about it. But in fact, I've been reading it and I think it's a great book even oh. for... I mean, for, as a dad, it's yeah. a great book, but even just, it's a great book. It's got inspirational stories, letters, quotes, prayers uh, for Catholic moms, but I would add that for anyone. And it's the kind of book that you don't have to read cover to cover. You can just open it and read something. So it's great. So we're going to be speaking with her uh, in about half an hour. And now, Chris, if someone asked you, what would you say is the purpose of our life? The purpose of our life? Well, I, I think it's probably to get to know God. Mm -hmm. Would you say that? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Get to know and be with God is what I would add. But yeah. yeah. Now, Ken Yasinski is the founder of Face to Face Ministries. Not sure if you've heard of them. I have, um, yeah. And he has a book called The Fullness of Purpose. And it's a great uh, way to encourage people to live up to their potential. And Ken is going to tell us what he thinks is our potential. So that's going to be also in our second half an hour. Um, Ken is also a singer and songwriter. And so he's going to be our featured artist of the week. And so here he is with his song, Worthy to be praised. Ever will his anthem ring. All creation cries out glory to God. Glory to the King. Greater than all those before. There is none like our God. He is holy. 
really is a lord Majesty upon the earth I'm calling to our deepest thirst Your glory, my rebirth None can measure, Lord, my one You alone my heart will praise You alone for endless days Oh, Lamb of God, worthy to be praised Faithful love and mercy shown Singing chorus, glory to God, glory to the King. Reigning now forevermore, every tongue will cry out, You are holy, holy is the Lord. Majesty upon me. with Worthy to be Praised from his album Reckless Love. We will be speaking with Ken in our second half hour. And in about 15 minutes, Sister Marie Paul on the Winnie the Pooh movie and uh, a couple other films. But first, Chris is still here with our news. Well, Pedro, uh, advice for you and for all our listeners, be watchful and alert. 
That's Pope Benedict's message as we enter Advent. He says that we need the reminder to be watchful and alert in our postmodern world where God can seem absent. He made the comments on Sunday before praying the Angelus with pilgrims in St. Peter's Square. And afterward, he issued a call for action on climate change. His plea coincides with the United Nations Conference in Durban, South Africa, that started this week. The Pope calls climate change a disturbing and complex phenomenon, and he's urging the international community to reach an agreement on action. Now, listeners may have heard about the Santa Gidio community. Are you familiar with yes, them, Peter? Yes, yes, I am. Well, it's an organization dedicated to evangelization and charity, and they're also striving to ban capital punishment around the world. And their campaign received a high-profile supporter on Wednesday, Pope Benedict encouraged the organization in its work. He hopes it will lead to the elimination of the death penalty. And as well, uh, he hopes it will lead to progress in ensuring laws respect the human dignity of prisoners. Wow, that's ambitious. <laughs> yes. Now, also on Wednesday, uh, that happened to be the Feast of St. Andrew. St. Andrew is the patron of the Orthodox churches. So the Pope sent a message to the ecumenical patriarch, Bartholomew I, the ecumenical patriarch, the, the title, uh, means that he is the first among equals of the Orthodox patriarchs. In his letter, Benedict says that Catholics and Orthodox share the same challenges and a united witness of faith. And he says that this witness is urgently needed by secular societies. Now, turning to China, the rocky relationship between China and the Vatican might be improving, but only slightly. Father Peter Luo was ordained a bishop for the Yibin Diocese on Wednesday. His ordination was approved by the Pope as well as by the Chinese government. And that makes him the third new bishop this year to be recognized by both China and the Vatican. But twice this year, the government appointed bishops without Vatican approval. And the Pope had condemned that action as interference in church affairs. Now, ahead of Wednesday's ordination, the Vatican spokesperson said he hoped that no illegitimate bishop would participate. But according to UCA News, that's exactly what happened. An excommunicated bishop was reportedly among the consecrators in full bishop's garb. Mm -hmm. Now, that bishop had been excommunicated for being ordained without the Pope's approval. Now, finally, Pedro, it was the biggest change in our liturgy since the Second Vatican Council, arguably, and last weekend, English-speaking parishes began using the new translation of the Roman Missal. Uh, the prayers aimed to be more faithful to the Latin, and it was really, uh, it might have come all of a sudden for some people, but it was really the culmination of a long process going back to 2001 when John Paul II issued new guidelines about liturgical texts. And uh, at least in the parish I was at, um, uh, they distributed pew cards so the faithful could learn the new responses. H how did it go in your parish? Yeah, Pedro? it went quite well. Uh, I ended up going to one of two parishes where I go uh, alternate. Um, and this parish had been teaching people. And so it was very, uh, I mean, of course, the priest had to at one point say, okay, everybody pick up your pew cards just yes. before the Eucharistic prayer. Um, uh, but it was good. I was still amazed at how many people, even with the pew cards, <laughs> had no idea what was going on oh, really? and, and saying, you know, and also with you. I mean, I, that's so automatic, though. Um, well, we all get another chance this weekend. <laughs> and for the rest of our lives. <laughs> for the rest of our lives. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Chris. Chris Dimitrenko, our Salt and Light Radio news producer. Um, if you'd like to comment on anything that you hear on this program, please send us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. 
You're listening to Soul to Mind Radio on the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. Our website is saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And for our movie reviews, stay tuned because coming up is Sister Marie Paul Curley. But now, Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos. Hi, Pedro. Hope you had a good week. Excellent week. So uh, Good to hear. Yes, who's uh, our Saint of the Week? Saint Ambrose. Saint Ambrose. So let me sum this up in, um, in a sentence or two. Yep. At the age of 33, Saint Ambrose had it all. A successful career as a lawyer, an important position as the governor of Milan, uh, the approval and friendship of the emperor, and he had a large estate in his possession. What, uh, what else could you want? <laughs> exactly. But things changed. Mm-hmm. Then the Bishop of Milan died, and St. Ambrose went on to become one of the most influential ecclesiastical figures of the 4th century. Let me elaborate. Yeah. So, Ambrose was born into a Roman Catholic family between the years of 337 and 340. It's not clear as to uh, which year exactly he mm-hmm. was born. His father had the name of Ambrosius Aurelius. His mother, on the other hand, Pedro, was quite special. Uh, she was a woman of... of deep reservation, of piety, of intellect. She was a very smart woman. Mm-hmm. St. Ambrose had siblings as well. They were known as Satyrus and Marcelina. And if those names sound familiar to you, that's because they have been venerated as saints in the church. Really? Yeah. yeah After the early death of uh, St. Ambrose's father, uh, he decided to follow his father's career. So mm-hmm. he went on to become educated in Rome. With that said, he studied literature, rhetoric, and law. In the year 372, St. Ambrose was appointed. He was made the consular prefect, or if you want to call it the governor, of Liguria and Emilia, with headquarters at Milan, which was then beside uh, Rome, the second capital in Italy. Yeah. So Ambrose was the governor of um, the district of Emilia Liguria in northern Italy until the year 374. And that was when when he became the bishop of Milan. Okay. So... We do know that St. Ambrose, in his life, he went on to become a very popular political figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also never married. Ambrose was known to be Catholic in belief, and interestingly enough, he was neither baptized nor formally trained in theology. So within a week, Ambrose was baptized, ordained, and yeah. newly consecrated uh, the Bishop of Milan. Wow. So as bishop, he immediately adopted um, uh, quite a lifestyle. Um, he decided to give his money to the poor, donating all of his land, and making only provisions for his sister, Marcelina. Uh-huh. Um, Marcelina, who then went on to become a nun. Yeah. So, and he committed the care of his family to his brother. St. Ambrose was the friend and was also a consoler of St. Monica in all of her sorrows and everything that she was going through. And in the year 387, had the joy of admitting to the church St. Augustine. St. Augustine the St. Monica's yeah. son. Yeah. So Ambrose died in the year 397 at the age of 57. Mm-hmm. And the Universal Church celebrates St. Ambrose's Memorial Day uh, coming up on December the 7th. Mm-hmm. December the 7th is also the date of St. Ambrose's ordination. Okay, so that's the day we commemorate him. Yeah. So he is revered by the Catholic Church as one of her greatest doctors. He was one of the four original doctors of, of the, the Catholic Church. Church. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Good. So St. Ambrose, thank you very much. St. Ambrose, feast day, December 7th. Thank you very much, Andrew. 
Andrew Santos, our saint expert, in about five minutes, what's happening across our country, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm Anna DaCosta, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM. My name is Pedro. You can find Salt and Light on Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter, and you can read our blog at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. And now it's time for... Sister Marie Paul's Movies. <laughs> there you go. I, I changed the title, Sister Marie Paul. <laughs> I've been wanting to change the title anyway. It's like, who rents DVDs anymore? Exactly. Yeah, I know. So do you have any good movies for us today? I do, and I think they both deserve to be called classics. Do really? you have any favorite classic films, Pedro? Favorite classic? Well, the best movie of all times is a classic. It's A Wonderful Life. There's no question. Oh, yes. That is a great movie. And I, I think that I have lots of favorite classics. But um, one of the things about classics is that every viewing is richer. It invites okay. us to come back to it, offers us new insights or reminds us us of important truths that, you know, life truths that we need to be reminded of. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that's very true of It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. I also think it's true of classics like Wizard of Oz and Man oh, for All yeah. Seasons. And Sound of Music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So these two fit on my, I think they should be classics list, even though they're relatively new okay, movies. So. so the first one is Winnie the Pooh. And okay. um, I have to start by saying I am not a Winnie the Pooh fan, or I was not a Winnie the Pooh fan. I was not, you know, I read the books to younger brothers and sisters growing up, and I guess I saw some of the Disney the television cartoon, shows. Yeah. But this film does everything right, and it's the kind of film that you want your kids to see. So I wanted to highlight it as a, as a potential new classic. Um, and the storyline is, of course, like all Winnie the Pooh, classic and simple. Who is on his classic, Search for Honey. Mm-hmm. Eeyore has lost his tail. And a make-believe monster haunts all the residents of the Hundred Acre Woods. So it's got three great little stories that are woven together very smoothly, um, but there's enough variation to keep the attention of little ones and still make the adults chuckle. Um, I, I just I can't say enough about the writing, how they got every note, every tone of this film just so beautifully done. Um, I think I think one of the things that I enjoyed the most about this film is that there's so many films that are great for your kids, except for there's no except for in this film. Like there's nothing to worry about at all. The gentleness of of the tone of the movie, um, the characters are ex- respectful of each other while still being so rich. I mean, right. Eeyore's voice is. I drove me into hysterics. Yeah. I, mean, I was laughing and laughing. Oh, wow. um, so, <laughs> so there's and there's also something that takes us a little deeper. You know, the yeah. moment at the end of the film where Winnie the Pooh chooses to help out a friend instead of have a big helping of honey, and that I think makes this film just pop out on top as a classic. Because of that sort of uh, moment of choice. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. So uh, the second film yeah. is a bit older, actually. It's not, not falling into classic range yet. It's a 2006 film called The Last Holiday, okay. starring Queen Latifah yeah. and LL Cool J. Yeah. Uh, it's a very entertaining comedy, and I think it deserves a second viewing, especially when we come to this time of the year, like Advent, where we're trying to focus on the essential things in life. Mm-hmm. Um, in a nutshell, the movie's about a very shy, hardworking woman who puts off her dreams 
Um, and then when she is diagnosed with a terminal illness, she decides to spend the last three weeks of her life following her dreams. And this, this journey to freedom, the spirit of freedom that she brings to everything she does, transforms not only her life, but the lives of the people around her. Right. So it's funny. It's, it's full of pathos. Um, watch mm-hmm. it once and laugh. And then it's well, one of those yeah. films you can go back and see again. Interesting. Um, I even remember watching it, but I, I only watched it that one time, so maybe, yeah. I mean, the idea that we have to live our life as if it was the last day, I mean, yeah. it's essentially, that's what she's doing. Yeah, and really, that's the theme of Advent, too, isn't it? To be yes. watchful and ready. So I, I do give big kudos to the director, Wayne Wang, for allowing that deeper, like, it doesn't, it is a very funny comedy, um, but there's some deeper stuff, too, and he allows that to surface. Is um, it the kind of movie that you... The, is it for the whole family, or is it PG? It's P, You know, it's actually rated PG-13 uh-huh. um, because of, I think, a few of the sexual innuendos. And there yeah. are definitely some jokes that will go over the heads of little ones. But yeah. I think once the... Definitely teenagers, and maybe a little younger as well, if you have a good discussion with your family... Um, Afterwards, which is great to do with family films anyway. Uh, okay. Always talk about them afterwards. Yeah, for sure. That's I'm a big f- fan of families watching movies together, yeah. and then you can talk about them. Um, okay, good. So last holiday, good Advent movie, yeah. and uh, Winnie the Pooh, good movie for the whole family. I haven't seen it, so I'm going to have to go. My wife would want to see it. So, so thank you very much, Sister Marie Paul. You're welcome, Pedro. Thank you. Sister Marie Paul is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul, and you can read her blog at Windows to the Soul. .wordpress.com You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM. You can podcast our show at saltandlighttv.org slash radio or off iTunes. And here now is Sheridan with our diocesan update. Hey, hello, hello. So uh, just to pick up on Chris's question earlier, um, I wanted to add that I was one of those people who could not get their responses right. About the changes in the mass. Yes, exactly. Um, I, it's amazing how ingrained the responses are. And okay, wait, so you knew about the changes, yep. you've been prepared, you know, and yes. you still got them wrong. I, I, you know what it is? It's just so automatic. The minute the priest says that to you and you say, and, and yeah. with your spirit. It, it yeah. is always that kind of yeah. halt and then a couple of times. I actually, I had been following and I actually, the uh, Lord, I'm not worthy. I forgot that I had to read that one. And in fact, I know the new one. And I started going, and then I got distracted when I realized that people were saying something different. Mm-hmm. And then I said, oh, why am I not reading it? So, yeah, it is true that we get so... But that's good. That means that you're involved in the Mass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway. I just got to get better. So if you're like me and you're still wondering about the changes, <laughs> uh, you can still check out two shows. Pedro hosted on Perspectives Weekly. Uh, and then I would also recommend checking out this four-part teaching series with uh, Father Bill Burke, yes. the director of the National um, Liturgy Office for the CCCB. And you can watch those uh, episodes for the for perspectives at sultanlighttv.org slash perspectives or the teaching series with Father Bill um, at B- it's called Beyond Wood, and that's available on our, on our blog. So check that out at saltandlighttv.org. Slash blog, and if people type in in the search engine, type in Beyond Words, it'll it'll pop up. And you know, this time is just such a great time for Christmas concerts, so I thought I'd mention mm-hmm. a couple more. You know, check out your local Archdiocesan uh, website; they've got tons of things on there. And um, I'd like to bring your attention to one that's happening, pretty special one in Vancouver, 
That's going to be next Saturday, December the 10th at 8 p.m. And it's uh, hosted by, well, Archbishop Michael Miller. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, he's calling all parishioners in France to join him for a performance of Handel's Messiah. And that's going to be with the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra and uh, the Vancouver Chamber Choir. And that's going to be at... Um, that's going to be a pretty amazing event, mm-hmm. I think. So that's tickets are thirty dollars uh, for adults, or between thirty dollars and forty-two dollars. Mm-hmm. So there's a range. And for more information, you can check out rcav.org mm-hmm. in Edmonton. And that's uh, also another interesting discussion going to be happening uh, on Jewish-Christian relations with Rabbi Daniel Friedman, Rabbi David Kunin, and Reverend Dr. Bruce Miller. And it's going to be followed by a Q&A. So that's on Monday, December the 12th, in the afternoon. And then in Saskatoon, there's the annual Knights of Columbus Carol Festival, and that's this coming Monday, December the 5th. And it'll be going through to December the 6th, and that's going to be at TCU Place in Saskatoon. And for tickets, you can visit tcutickets.com. And the tickets for that uh, are adults at $10, and for children, it's $2. In Toronto, we've got St. Michael's Choir School. They're celebrating Christmas music from around the world, and the concert is titled Wonderful Peace. That's at the historic Massey Hall in Toronto, and that's um, also next week, Saturday, December the 10th, and there's another showing uh, Sunday, December the 11th. And for tickets and information, you can check out christmasconcert.ca. And, of course, the uh, this is a really important time to to focus on those who are lonely or, or struggling yes. at this time of the year. So in Toronto, there is a mass of comfort and light that's going to be celebrated at Holy Rosary Church. And um, that's with Bishop Vincent Wynne. And the mass is going to be for those who are struggling. And that's sponsored by Catholic Family Services of Toronto Foundation. For more information, visit cfstoronto.com. And, uh, and in Vancouver... Just a reminder again, the Rise of Concert, uh, Conference is happening, and that's going to be at the end of the year, December the 28th through to January the 1st at the Hyatt Regency Hotel in Vancouver. And, uh, yeah, you know, check out ccocanada.ca for more information. Yeah, that's a great conference. I, in fact, I, the last time I went, it was in Vancouver again. So a great way to spend the New Year's with the CCO Conference Rise Up. Thank you, Sheridan. Sheridan Echelar, our uh, diocesan expert. Now, coming up in our second half hour, inspirational stories for moms and how to achieve your full potential. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Salt and Light Radio Part 2. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. Now, are you looking for inspiration when it comes to being a mom? Are you a mom wondering about working or faith, 
marriage, morality, holidays, grief, education. There is now a book that tackles all those topics and many more. Written by Dorothy Polarski, a Catholic mother, writer, and speaker, she is also the founder of Dynamic Women of Faith, an outreach ministry that organizes inspirational Catholic conferences. And I'm very happy to say that Dorothy Polarski joins me now. Dorothy, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Oh, Pedro, thank you very much for uh, inviting me. It's, uh, it's an honor to you know work with you. Yes, and, no. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I wish I were actually in the studio because working on Mothering Full of Grace, that was so much fun. That's right. Um, but, um, yeah, the, the Mothering Full of Grace program uh, really sort of was, you know, the, my mother's group was step one, and then Mothering Full of Grace was step two, and then the, now the book is Okay, so three. then let me, okay, um, so for our listeners that might not be familiar, so Mothering Full of Grace is a program that we produced here uh, with your assistance at Salt and Light. It's a program for mothers. Yes. So, so, so you'd say that that process was sort of the beginning of what became the book? Well, what the, the beginning of the process was my own mother's group. I've hosted a mother's group for 15 years, and uh, out of my kitchen table, uh-huh. and uh, I guess, uh, you know, just the longevity of the mother's group and the warm response I've got from the mothers and, you know, all of them saying, geez, I, we should sort of introduce ourselves to women across the country, and the only way I could think of doing that is to get it on television, you know? Right. Uh, uh, so we approached Father Rosica with a proposal, and a program was produced um, by the grace of God, and... Um, I guess the, the the desire to minister to mothers hasn't stopped, and so, you know, now the, the book. You know? the, but the book, because the book reads, uh, and again, for our listeners, the, the book is, you don't have to read it from cover to cover. You can just open it and read it. it it's almost like different reflections or, or even blog postings that you've, so they're not articles, separate articles that you were writing for the newspaper or anything like that? Were, were, well, there's, a lot a, of this written there's actually a combination of things. Okay. Um, and you're absolutely right, the format is uh, very similar to what you know, Chicken Soup for the Soul would yes. be. You yes. sort of flip through the book, find a title that resonates with you, and uh, you take it from there. I, I do ask readers to sort of read the first 30, 35 pages of the book because that sort of sets the context yes. for you know where all of this is coming from. And uh, but yeah, I've had some incredible you know responses to the book. I've had readers in Hawaii and readers in Wisconsin and right, readers in right. Mississauga and Brampton. So it's been a real exciting so can uh, I, development. Can I sure. ask you about the first thirty pages? Because I in fact started doing exactly that. I started reading the introduction and about you and about, and then I thought, oh, this book is is kind of about just you know ideas for mothers and stuff. And then as I kept reading. Then I, then I saw that it was sort of different topics, not necessarily random, uh-huh. but but uh, different uh, stories or prayers or, um, so. Uh, the, the the first you know the first thirty pages are really some of the insights and graces and resources that came to me when I first became a mom. I I became a mom a little bit late in life. I you know had the opportunity of uh, traveling internationally delivering. Yeah. Uh, seminars and, and things like that. And I guess when you have your children a little bit you know, later in the game, you look at your entire life and then this precious, precious baby that's, that's given to you. And um, I began to wonder, well, could I really, in my, you know, in my heart and in, my, in conscience, could I really leave this baby you know, that I've been waiting for for years in the care of somebody else? Somebody you else. Know? Did- um, 
Sorry. Uh-huh. Th- did you did you feel the same way about leaving your career? Because there's one one story that you that you talk about in the book about being at the zoo, okay. and there was this woman that had five or six kids, and you wondered if she was a daycare provider. That there's no way that those kids could have all been hers. Right. But then she actually became your friend. Well, and what happened? Uh, it is one of my favorite stories from the book. And what happened is I was traveling on business delivering seminars, communication skills seminars, yep. uh, in uh, Hawaii, and you know I traveled <laughs> alone a lot. And so I sort of have the habit of introducing myself to anyone that I want to talk to because that's how I connect when I'm traveling. Right. And anyway, this woman was standing at the entrance, and uh, I was single and sort of driven and obsessed with my career at the time. And uh, I introduced myself, and I said, oh, you know, that must be, you know, that, that's the, you must be like a mom daycare person. Yeah. And she looked at me, and you could see sort of this deep sorrow and offense in her eyes. She's like, no, not at all. These are my kids. And, of course, wow. I was stunned because uh, living the career life I was living at the time, I had never met a woman that had five kids and looked happy. You know, most of the women I knew had two kids and were complaining about it and were uh, contracepting and were back to work six weeks, maybe a year after the baby was born. So Mm -hmm. to meet this incredible woman, and she goes, well, what do you do for, you know, a living? No, I'm a a mom and these are my children. What do you do? And I said, oh, well, I'm a, you know, motivational speaker and trainer and consultant. And, you know, I guess I was suffering from uh, big (laughs) shot-ism, sort of feeling that I'd succeeded in, you know, um, getting paid to work and train and consult in Hawaii. And she looked at me, bullseye, and she goes, I really feel sorry for you. And I was was just blown away. I'm like, what do you mean you feel sorry for me? And uh, she says, well, what you're doing is you're, you know, traveling from city to city, uh, pouring your heart out. And I can tell that you do pour your heart out from, you know, this exchange. And you're, you're, you're doing to women you're never, ever, ever going to see again. She said, "Um, if you had any confidence and if you have any courage, um, you know, I would go back home and, you know, marry that guy that you're dating. I right. met my husband at uh, St. Michael's Cathedral as a lector, but I was still kind of struggling, right. you know, uh, in terms of deciding. Yeah. I think when you're getting married later, you're just more careful, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she goes, and start a family, have children, and... Uh, Every one of those kids that you have will be at your deathbed. No, but the, but the advice that you're giving, I can I can see that some people might think that you, what you're saying is that that women should stay at home. That's not what you're no, saying. No, no, no. So no, what do you? Not, t- I've had a very exciting uh, career, and I guess my shtick is um, is really to take the whole matter to prayer. Um, one of my absolute favorite prayers is the prayer by, you know, Cardinal Mercier, the Holy Spirit prayer, mm-hmm. um, because I think that, you know, we very often forget to pray about our careers, to pray about our work, yeah, to pray true. about God's will for us as it's women. True. True. Uh, we've bought into this agenda where, you know, we've got to drop off our children at six in the morning and pick them up at six, and we have no choice but to take just the one-year mat leave, and 
um, you know, there are all sorts of alternatives. There's, you know, contract work. There's um, mm-hmm. part-time work. There's taking a leave of absence. There's, you know, we, we, I'm self-employed, and so I can't tell you the number of times, uh, you know, sort of plugged my daughter into the car with my husband right. while I'm delivering a seminar and my husband's in the other room. And yeah. So there's, there's all, sort of crea- uh, all sorts of creative options. And, yes, there have been years that I have taken off. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to argue that. Um, but I've never viewed the time away from my cho- like away from my work as a sacrifice because I guess I had worked so hard and been almost even a little bit of a workaholic. And right. to me, you know, all of the sacrifices that I made for you know Coca-Cola, Sheridan Hotels, the West, and all these places that yeah, I had worked, yeah, yeah. to me, those were sacrifices. You know, yeah. to be with the little precious baby that God had given me, and. Uh, you know, yeah, I had to face my sinfulness, I had to face my limitations, and I found myself heading to the sacrament of reconciliation much more often because, right. you know, there were things that were being triggered in me. Um, but what I saw it as, you know, by the grace of God, was really an opportunity to grow in sanctity and mm-hmm. holiness. Mm-hmm. And um, so the, the children have transformed me. I, you know, one of my clients, I used to be... Uh, communication skills coach for a director of education and one of the boards. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so what do you think of me now that I've had a child? You know, and he's like, you're nicer. Oh, really? <laughs> so, Good, uh, yeah. I do think children, you know, can soften they up. They do make us better. And yeah. Yeah, so anyway, I, I'm um, very passionate about the topic. I yeah, no, you are. spoke I'm, to, you know, I think 30 women yesterday at Merciful Redeemer at, in Pickering, and I'm, I'm really looking for opportunities to just open the hearts and minds of women to look at, you know, motherhood as a vocation, a yeah, call from God. Yeah, no, and I think the book does do that. And I, if I can just add, because oh, we're please. almost out of time, because I'm not a mom. Mm-hmm. I am married to a mom, mm-hmm. and I'm the son of a mom, but I... I'm enjoying the book just as much as I think, <laughs> oh, you know, as a, and I don't know if it's because I'm a parent, no, that's but I think it's a, news. and Thank I, you. yeah, I was saying that to Krista Matrinko here on the show earlier that this is, uh, this is a book that I think is not just for mothers. It is for mothers, but not just. So Dorothy, thank you for, for putting it together um, and for sharing these ideas and, and whatever you're doing to inspire mothers, continue doing it. Cause uh, Pedro, thank you very much for uh, having me on the program. It was absolutely delightful. Not a problem. Um, Dorothy Polarski is the author of Motherhood Matters, Inspirational Stories, Letters, Quotes, and Prayers for Catholic Moms. The book is published by Catholic Registered Books, and you can find out more at catholicregister.org. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Ken Yasinski, with his song, Rain Me.
Take it. 
That was Ken Yazinski with Rain Me. Ken Yazinski is the founder of Face to Face Ministries. Even though he is one of Canada's most sought-after Catholic speakers, what really draws his audiences is the love that Ken has for Christ and for the Church. He has spoken at conferences, rallies, parish missions, schools, retreats to youth and adults all across Canada and around the world. The core of his message is a challenge for people to realize their full potential in life. And that is the topic of his book, The Fullness of Purpose. And so I'm delighted to be joined now by Ken Yazinski. Ken, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Thank you for having me. It's great to be with you. Yeah, good. So before I ask you about the book, I just how, how, do you, how does someone become a Catholic speaker? Well, that's a great question. I, 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 I don't know how it happens for other people. For me, it was one <laughs> step at a time. I, um, I had a renewal of my faith when I was 18 years old and um, finished up university, but had this burning desire to share my faith with other people. And as a result, was hired by five different Catholic churches to start up a senior and junior youth program. Wow. And I did that for two years, and within those two years, my phone started ringing, and um, just the word of mouth spread, and I was on the road just about every second weekend by 2002, and, and from there, things just kind of took so that, off. So that's what became face-to-face? Yeah, I think face-to-face, the word face-to-face, face-to-face ministries had its beginning in 2000, but by 2002, I was full-time on the road to uh, and, speaking. And what, why face-to-face? What's the reference? Um, face-to-face from, at that time, and I think my understanding as it, of this has evolved, but it really, for me highlights intimacy with God, that we don't seek His hand, we don't seek what God simply can do for us, but we can seek that intimate relationship with Him. And uh, I think it's also birthed out of the idea of holiness, that we are called to be in relationship with God, we're called to be a saint, and in the end, when the final curtain is drawn, in union with God in heaven face to face. Why uh, you, you've kind of given the answer, but I'm going to ask anyway. Why, why, why is the, the kind of your main message? Why does it have to do with kind of that reaching our full potential as as saints? Because, for me, and I think in the language of the church, that's the purpose of our life. And in my travels in numerous different Catholic uh, parishes, meeting wonderful people, I just. If, if they were asked the question, what is the purpose of your life? Many, I don't think, could answer that mm-hmm. or articulate that clearly. And if we don't know clearly why we've been created, how can we live out that potential? Mm-hmm. And so that's really, uh, um, that's the focus of our ministry, to challenge people to, to the purpose of their life, hol- holiness. And, and really also, that's the purpose of the book the full potential of our life to be a saint to be in union with god so do you, is, is it sort of uh, that unless we know where we're going how do we know how to get there is that the idea sure sure and actually in, in one of the beginning chapters of the book i i i speak of this a little analogy where my father bought when i was younger this brand new shiny yellow canoe and we took it up to the lake and we met up with my uncle who bought a motorboat right and through the works of the day, yeah, we yeah, ended yeah. up putting the canoe behind the motorboat. And using it as a, yeah. A and destroyed year. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, tell, sorry, I know the story, but tell it, because it's, it's funny. And, and, and the point was that if we, we, we use something in contradiction to its design, it breaks. We hurt ourselves, we hurt other people. And, and I use this 
think of ourselves in the same way. If we live in contradiction to our design, we hurt, we break, we, we hurt other people, we rob ourselves of the freedom that God wants to bless us with. So how does someone know, how do we know, because I can, I can hear you know, someone asking you right now, so how do I know what our design is? How, I mean, I know what the Bible says, but what if I don't believe that? How do that, I know? That, that, that's, that's a great question, and that's one of the things um, that's, uh, that I kind of unpack a little bit in the book in one of the chapters, is um, we need a clear, sure way of knowing truth in life. Uh, otherwise, we're just kind of left guessing and wondering, why am I here? Why am I created? And there's so many sources out there. There's so many speakers. There's so many different ideas about faith and spirituality. And I think one of the great blessings about being Catholic is what we don't have to guess. Mm-hmm. Jesus has established a church who leads his people in faith and morals. And if we look at the church and the language of the church, it's clear. The purpose of our life, uh, it, to quote maybe the catechism, the universal catechism of the church, yeah. there's like our purpose in life is to know, love, and serve God mm-hmm. and to share in his eternal glory forever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I took great comfort in, in this, that I'm not trying to make this up. I'm not guessing at it, but what I'm doing and we're doing as Catholics is we're trusting in the teachings of Jesus expressed and communicated through our Holy Church regarding the purpose of our life, that, that is to be in union with God. Right. Um, I, when I started reading the book, um, and I, by the way, I, I really, really enjoyed it. It, 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 it made sense to me that this was the way to approach our faith um, to speak, if, if, when presenting it to someone who did not know about the faith, that it made sense to start, to not start with, you know, catechism or anything like that, or with theology, but start with, what's the purpose of your life? How, how, how do you know, you know, where you're going? What do you want to do with your life? How do you want to fulfill, you know, what, what brings you happiness? And that somehow, next thing you know, then you're explaining other deeper theological things that kind of, I didn't kind of expect. Mm. Is is that what you found in in your in your work that you've done, uh, presumably mainly with young people? That 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 this is where we need to meet people where they're at, and that is because everybody asks those questions: What is the purpose of life? What is the meaning of life? Why am I here? Mm-hmm. And then from there, that's a that's a perfect departure point to then teach them about. Well, you know, God, we're children of God, and then from then we follow Jesus Christ, and then you know, sacraments and theology and all that. Could, can follow naturally out of that? Sure, sure. And I think you really hit the key point there is, is the importance of putting the language of faith in a language that is accessible to the audience. Mm-hmm. If a person can't understand the message, it is useless to them. And so what our attempt is in the, in the book, but also when I'm on the road speaking, and, and in fact, I think the majority of the people I speak to now are, are, um, is, are adults, a lot of parishes, right. it's to put that into an accessible language and then also move from there into this is how we can live it out, which is um, uh, like a, a sacramental life, mm-hmm. a life engaged in the life of the church. I think of uh, the Sacrament of Reconciliation particularly mm-hmm. and just the blessing it has been in my life. Because I, I grew up Catholic, but I did not have an honest reconciliation until right. I was maybe 19 years old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that experience 
completely transformed my life. I think of Jesus in the scriptures, and he says, the truth will set you free. Yeah. And it was when I was truthful that I really experienced that freedom um, and peace. It was like I was, I, was, I was carrying this weight of guilt that I didn't even know it was there mm-hmm. until it was gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so, so it makes sense to start where you're starting in terms of meaning of life, purpose of life before you can get to things like well, reconciliation or Eucharist or anything else. You bet. Yeah. Um, I know you're working on another book. Can you yes. tell it? Can you give us a little sneak peek? A uh, sneak peek on the book is just going to continue on with the theme of growing in holiness, and uh, it's going to be just a, a challenge to ordinary Catholics to live an extraordinary life. Uh, how to find, a, again, deeper meaning in one's life. And it'll be specifically talking about our will in union with God's will. Oh, that's interesting. That sounds a little more, uh, a little heavier. Mm. But I trust that because you have seem to have a, a, a talent for not not watering things down, but putting it in a language like you said that people can understand. Um, I, well, thank you. I no, I, it's, it's I hope I can. I, I mean, yeah. that's I I see my mission, my life's mission, as communicating the faith in a way that people can understand and respond to. Um, because again, if if we can't understand our faith, it's it's not going to do much for us. Yeah. And uh, we hope, by God's grace, to give saints to the church. Good. Okay. Well, when the next book is ready to come out, be sure to let us know so we can uh, get you back on the show. Sure. Well. Thank you. Okay. Great. So, um, if people want to find out more about what you do, your ministry, uh, if they want to bring you in to speak to their youth group or their, any parish group or a school group. They should just go to F2F, Face-to-Face Ministries, the website? You bet. That's F2F.ca. Okay, perfect. So there you go. I'm putting in a plug for uh, Face-to-Face Ministries. Ken, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thanks. Keep doing what you're doing, brother. Thank you. You too. If you want to learn more about Ken Yazinski or Face-to-Face Ministries, again, go to F2, the number 2, F2F.ca. We'll also put a link to that on our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Here now is Ken with Dancing for the King from his album Reckless Love. Lift your voices, lift your hands, sing your praises to the Lamb, praise the risen King. Freedom comes in His name to worship Him with the chain, dancing for the King. Lift your voices, lift your hands, sing your praises Lift your hands, sing your praises to the Lamb 
You're listening to Ken Yasinski with Dancing for the King. And that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Radio programs at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. That's also where we post links to our artists or our guests. You can learn all about Salt and Light and all that we do at saltandlighttv.org. And if you're on Twitter, you can follow us and don't forget to like us on Facebook. Thank you for your generosity, for your prayers. We cannot do this work without your support. And of course, thank you for listening. Have a great second Sunday in Advent. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this has been Salt and Light Radio. Stomp, stomp a little bit harder, dance, dance, dancing for the king.